mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome to Pearl Mania 500. Whoop, whoop. The podcast where typically a husband and wife do a lore dump on each other. Not today. You, no, not today, because every once in a while, we do a very special episode. Yeah. Called Mrs. Pearlmania's Book Club. Yeah, because I like to read and Alex doesn't. That's half true. But <laughs> the episode is Mrs. Promenia reads a book. Yep. She often posts them on her Instagram to let everybody know what the book's going to be. Yep. These are always spoiler-filled episodes. Um, I'm going to spoil the heck out of the book, okay? Yep. Don't listen if you don't want me to ruin the ending. And also, uh, these episodes, we don't do anything for our, the Patreon shout-outs, any of those different things. No, those are for the main episodes. Those are for the main episodes, but these are typically uh, every couple Wednesday drop. Yeah, Mrs. depending on how fast I can ride, uh, not ride, read, <laughs> because I'm riding my commute on the train to work. Yes, so <laughs> with that being said... Uh, in the past, we usually played our usual theme by His Name Was Dusk, mm -hmm. but His Name Was Dusk uh, wanted to hit us with something a little bit different. Yeah. So behold, ladies and gentlemen, the new intro for all Mrs. Pearlmania Book Club episodes. <laughs> That's right. Thank you so much. His name was Dusk. Remember to smile and support your local libraries. We love to remind you guys at the beginning of every Mrs. P's book club. It's not a reminder. It's really kind of a veiled threat. Yeah. That, I, I would need say you so. to get your library card, everybody. Yep. I need you to get your library card and need you to go to the library, all right? Yep. It's the last bastion of anything good in this world. <laughs> so before we begin this week's uh, book dump. Okay. All over my face. All right. Uh, as I squat below you and you pour your knowledge this onto me. This is gross. Uh, what is the first thing, the title of the book? Okay. Title of the book? 
Dead Silence. Dead Silence. All right, yep. I'm looking at it right here. It says, I have a copy from the library. Yes, and who is it by? Uh, by S.A. Barnes. Okay. And uh, I can see there's some subtitles on here, and it says, what does it say there? Unspeakable Horrors. Yeah, no, no, but it's from the top. Oh, it says A Salvage Crew. Uh-huh. Unspeakable Horrors. There's one more at the top. You turned the book away from me, so I this couldn't one? read it. Ghost Ship. Ghost Ship. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and, and what's the name of the book one more time? Dead Silence. Dead Silence. Yeah. Okay. So it's a few, it's set in the future. Yeah. It's in space. Yep. There's unspeakable horrors. Yep. Like all the books you read. Uh, yep. Okay. I like to stick to a theme. You do like to stick to a and theme. And this time I said, this motherfucker, Alex Perlman, always starts with me about how my books are unbelievable. The things that I think are fun to read are, you just couldn't possibly believe them because they're not in space. Yeah. Underwater? No. Unbelievable. Out in the woods? No. Unbelievable. Only in space does he have imagination. So today I bring you a book about space. So it's a book of space horrors. Yeah. Okay. That's great. And so my real quick question for you, though, is okay. we have another button that I can always hit here. What is it? Can I hit the button for this book? Can I hit the guarantee? Um. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And that's a no Nazi guarantee. I don't read books about Nazis. Yeah, well, you know what? Well, a lot of our episodes <laughs> of the regular show somehow always end up okay, well, very, with pivotal years being between 1933 and we're 1945. Like the minions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> need both. to be frozen in ice. Yeah, frozen in ice just to fit through the, the entire theme. Yeah. So with that. Okay. Uh, we are going to do a little page turn. Okay. We're going to take a little break. Already we just started. Well, this is just, this is the intro. Oh, you're really bossing me around on my book club. All right, Mrs. P. Let's go take a little, little bit of break. People can get their favorite soup. Oh, they can get soup. their favorite bathrobe on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They can curl up. Maybe it's a rainy day get somewhere. Get a really cold can of seltzer out of the fridge. Yep. Yep. Whatever you need. Hot tea, cold seltzer. <laughs> Just a just stack of different beverages. Yeah, get a lot of different beverages. I like to beverages. have three different beverages at all times. Yeah, and you know what? If you're at work and you're listening to us through your earphones, yeah. don't be a coward. Take them off. Play us on speaker. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. No, play us on speaker. <laughs> don't do that. All right? I want, I want Linda from accounting to hear. I want her to hear the air horns. I want her to hear the entire thing. I want her to hear, her to hear me yell, why are all the, the scientists bisexual? Oh, God, here he goes already. Um, but with that. All right, let's take our little page turn. We'll take a little page turn, and then we'll come back, and you can tell me all about dead silence. You know nothing about dead silence. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Pearl mania, Pearl mania, Pearl mania, Pearl mania. 500. How come when you interrupt and sing along, it's not a big deal? But when I interrupt, it's a whole thing. Because you don't sing along. Well, I you don't talk have a good over. singing voice. I, we, we, you yelled at me last night for saying you don't have a good singing voice. No, You said, not. I don't need to carry a tune. I can carry a party. <laughs> that's true. That was the exact phrase you used. Yeah, but I said it in more of a threatening manner. Yeah, you did. <laughs> there was a knife involved. There was no knife. So. Okay, no. So, guess what? Yeah. I finished a book. Yeah, duh, that's why we're doing the episode. Yeah, and now I need to tell you all about it. Okay. okay. So I know we went over, it's called Dead Silence. Yes. Okay. That's been established. <sighs> why won't you let me take the lead on this podcast? This is my podcast. Okay, that's right. You sit there quietly with your arms crossed to look, look upset. Okay, so the book opens up and we're in a mental health facility. Okay. 
It's called the Verix Peace and Rehabilitation. How do you say that word? Rehabilitation. There it is. Tower. Uh, It's the year is 2149. Okay. We're introduced to our main character who is high on a lot of drugs from um, the doctors. Okay. Currently hallucinating. And her name is Claire. Okay. Okay. So we got Claire. She's fucked up on a lot of drugs because they're trying to like make sure she doesn't go even more crazy. And she's hallucinating uh, people around her at all times. And when she hallucinates, it's all these like dead people like her mom or people she used to work with. Um, now, she's sitting at a table and she's being questioned by these two guys. One's name is Reed and one's name is Max. And they work for Verex. It's spelled V-E-R-U-X, Verix. Okay. Okay. And they're they're kind of, they're interrogating her, but they're also like, you know, we really want to help you. Help us help you. Okay. You know, tell us what happened. And she's like, What would you say you do here? (laughs) And she's like, I don't know what happened. I only know what I think I know. And they're really trying to like pull teeth out like pull all the information they can out of her but she also she is number one on drugs number two is suffering from like amnesia and she doesn't remember what happened and so we're, we're the book opens and you're like why is this woman in the mental health place why are these people inter, uh, demanding information from her and why is she just hallucinating uh people with like dying around her right? i have a question to go ahead and start. yeah go ahead you said it's set in the year 2149 2149 all right um do they have universal health care by now is that established in the book? So here's the thing. We're going to get into this. They don't <laughs> have we don't, we don't have universal health care. However, this company Verix, which is where the Verix peaceful mental health Okay, rehab, so it, so it's like a Walmart. Is kind of like Walmart, Jeff Bezos, Amazon, in which they're a huge corporation that own all of the things. So she is in their facilities. Okay. Okay. So it's not so much uh, a socialism as it's a private corporation that she's. Been so it's a corporate in. oligarchy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the future's not too great. Anyway, um, okay. they tell her. I want to say that's believable. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they start asking her like, "What happened to your crew?" Okay. And she's like, "I don't. I don't know what happened to my crew." They're like, "Well, how did you get here?" She's like, "I don't know how I get here." I don't remember how I got here. I don't remember how I left the ship. And they're like, you need to tell us what happened. And they're trying to remember what, like what sector she was in. And like, like she, you're kind of going through this, like, where was this person? And they're like, she's like, Oh, I was in uh, sector K one forty seven, And it's introduced that, you know, she was working on a ship out, and like the edges of space. So like space has been colonized. Okay. We have explored all of space. Okay. We have um, Jeff Bezos the fuck out of it. Okay. And there are lines at the end of where we've explored. They're like, this is the farthest point. We're not going past that. Too too dangerous, unexplored. We don't go past there. So do they do they explain if they've like just done like our area or like the whole galaxy yeah yeah. they've gone deep into the galaxy deep into the galaxy but not the whole galaxy not that there there is a a line in the sand okay and it was never like don't cross this space this this space line line. 
And okay. it's not, it doesn't seem like there's just like uh, inherent alien danger or anything like that. It's just like, well, we just don't go past there because our comm systems don't go that far. Yeah. Like the towers just don't extend communication that far. So don't go past the line. Gotcha. Okay. So she, it's like, don't drive into the hills of central Pennsylvania. You will not have service. You'll never find your way home. You, yeah. And you are so built. You've spent your entire life using Google maps. You don't even know how to use a paper map anymore. No. And then you have and to the, ask a man with a horse and buggy. Yeah. And then he'll turn to you and be like, well, you want to turn back where old Krebs farm used to be before it burned down 30 oh. years ago. And you're like, great. I'm using landmarks that haven't existed in forever. <laughs> So, um, you're in a horror story, child. <laughs> so, so, all right, she has amnesia. She's in a mental institution. Mm-hmm. The, there's two guys who are asking her questions but not listening because they're men. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, we've mm-hmm. established all of this. Yep. Uh, there's, uh, we're in the future with Space Amazon. Yep. And actually, I feel like Space Walmart's probably the better one. Yeah, okay. You'll, because, you'll, we'll, we'll be able to decide. And that'll ebb and flow as yeah, we go Yeah, but I just want to tell you why I'm thinking it's Space okay. Walmart. Because like Walmart, you know, like they have like they have like the, the pharmacy, the minute clinic, clinics now. Mm-hmm, they're building mm-hmm, up. Like mm-hmm. they have the eyeglass place. Mm-hmm. What's to keep Walmart from having a mental institution? I Walmart mean, is have basically- Have you been inside of a Walmart? <laughs> yeah, it's basically a mental institution most of the day. Yeah, just sh- so, people shuffling around. Yeah. I, honestly, at, themselves. at this point, the point, the part that's unbelievable is that there's two people physically sitting in front of her and that this isn't like telehealth. Yeah. Like they aren't just on like space Zoom. Like, um, okay, yeah, can you just like, I don't know, what happened next? No, no, don't mind. I'm just making popcorn. Okay, so- because Varex bought better help. So she they they she they bring up the the sector K K one four seven and she's like, right, I was in K four one seven. Um and then she starts panicking and she goes, The Aurora, we found the Aurora. And they're like, Well, you know, we've received signals. And then it kind of cuts from there. And we're gonna go two months prior. Okay. Only two months. And so the story does kind of jump back and forth between she's in this mental uh, institution and the two months prior to it, right? Okay. So we go two months prior. Like I said, we're in the deep, we're deep space, the edge of the explored galaxy. Um, Claire is actually on the exterior of her uh, spaceship, which is like a salvage ship. Mm-hmm. And she's the captain of that ship. Or like okay. they call them like team leaders almost. Like she's not even like the captain. She's just a team lead. <laughs> she's, she's, oh, what a bummer. Oh, what, what, are you the, you the assistant captain? No, I'm the assistant to the captain. Oh, God. Yeah. So uh, the spaceship's name is Lena, L-I-N-A. Okay. And she's on the exterior. She's like fixing like a screw or something. And she's yeah. like tethered to the ship. And, and she's hauling the equipment to pierce children's ears. Okay. So she's. Because her name's Claire. So she is outside of the ship, and when she's outside of the ship, she is, we're kind of like in her subconscious, and she is considering untethering herself, unhooking herself, and floating off to space to die. Oh, because she's at work. Because <laughs> she's at work. She's Who hasn't? So Who hasn't been like just she's sitting? there just daydreaming about what would, it, how bad would it be to freeze to death and suffocate in space? versus Doing going this. back to earth. Yeah. No, I get it. No, this book's this book's incredibly believable. 
I'm 100% down for this book. You have you have somebody who is already in a in a corporate mental institution mm-hmm. and then you smash cut 2 months prior and she's like I hate my job, I want to kill myself. Uh-huh. uh-huh. All right, yeah. Yeah. Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little Garfield meme. Yeah. Um so the team that's inside of the ship, they're like paging her. They're like Claire, come to Claire. You got to like they're trying to get her to come in. And she's not listening because, again, she's deep in that. She's got her headphones in listening to some podcast. Yep. But it's just her voices in her head being like, but how bad would it be? Mm-hmm. Right. And what if she's listening to like uh, she's she's listening to like the space version of Serial? She's just like, <laughs> no, I, I'll I'll come in in a minute. I need to know he's about to kill her and they're about to describe it. This is the best part. No, this couple's about to break up because she is tired of him interjecting while she's trying to explain this book to him. I mean, don't admit to crimes on podcasts. Yeah, she's listening to Promania 2149. So, basically, uh, one of the ship guys, he's a medic. His name's Kane. We we meet a new character, Kane. Kane with a K? K with a Kane. Kane with a K, yep. Okay. Um, He pops out. And pulls her back in manually. He gotcha. pops open that door. He grabs her. He pulls her back in. Just like Kane in WWF when he would pop through the bottom of the ring and grab yeah. someone and pull them back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we're going to picture him like yes. Kane from WWF. Yes. Um, and, you know, he's like, are you okay? What were you doing out there? You weren't listening to us. And she's like, it's okay. I was just like fixing a loose screw or something. And he's like, no, you weren't. Because he like knows that like they haven't impl- they haven't told you yet, but they he knows that she has like a history of mental health issues. <laughs> so he's like, "What were you thinking? Were you thinking about killing yourself?" And she's like, "No, no, I was fine. I was just trying to fix something." And he's like, "Get in there!" <laughs> <laughs> ah, you got me. You got me. <laughs> so they they get in. They take off the special spacesuits, you know, that they're wearing, and she comes to the main deck and uh, where like some of the other crew is, and they're talking about how they hear a distress signal coming in, like a, a distress signal from okay. another ship. And I bet it sounds like this, like a... <laughs> that would be the distress signal I would send out yeah. every day recording this podcast with you. Yeah. So um, they hear the distress signal, and they, are, they start arguing because... So it seems like it's coming from pretty far away because it's kind of like a, a light sound, like it's not very loud. But all, but also, it seems to be coming from outside the in the discovered space. Okay. So where the comms ends, so they're like, we don't want to go out. Half the crew is like, we don't want to go out there. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yo, you'll cross the line, bro. And then the other half of the crew is just like, well, we sh- we have to go out there because like the again space Walmart. Varix, as we're calling it. it's called Varix. Varix has rules that are like if you hear these type of alarms or distress signals, you're supposed to go and check it out. Yeah. But also there are other rules because again, just like every corporate company, they're like, well, you have to submit um, a directive to the protocol instructor. And so she's like, they're arguing that should we do this where we we call in and tell them, and then it has to go through. 300 floors of bureaucracy until somebody finally makes a decision and then 30 days from now we get told to go out there and where whoever's sending the distress signal is already dead yeah right they're like or do we just go and the other big issue that they they don't some of the crew doesn't want to go find the distress signal is because they're on a specific timeline and 
they need to get their shit back to a certain pickup point, which is where they all get unloaded to go home or to go to their new positions because gotcha. everything's on a timeline. Yeah, yeah. And so everybody else wants to go home except for Claire because this is, we find out Claire's last mission ever. And she, after this, she is being put on desk duty on Earth. And she's thinking about killing herself every day rather than going on desk duty. That's why she wants to float out into space because <laughs> yeah. she's like, if I have to work in a fucking office mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and push and, papers and listen to Linda from fucking accounting. Yeah. She's like, yeah. So, and the crew knows this. They yeah. all, everybody knows that this, she's been like basically demoted. She's being shelved as a captain or team lead, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that she has no reason to want to go back to earth. Of course she wants to go out into space. She'd rather die in space, finding this distress signal. And they're like, we just want to go home and see our kids. Yeah. Right. So a lot of arguing about this. Um, we meet some of the other team members. Okay. So there's this guy, Voller, V O L L O R. And to me, he generally seems to be a douchebag, but like sometimes the kind of douchebag that's funny, like what's that space uh, show that the guy from Family Guy made? Oh, uh, the Orville. Okay. So the red haired guy from that one. Okay. But like more douchey. Uh, okay. 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 So that guy and that same job, whatever that job is, where Pilot. he's like piloting. Yeah. That's Voller. And like kind <laughs> the of. The job like, where they're piloting? What's that I don't called? Know. Where he's like driving it, yeah. but also he seems to do like uh, some other ship maintenance. And then we meet Lords, who is a very nice lady. She seems to be like a very young woman. Like it's like this is her first get job. This is her first job, fresh out of school, and she's re- very. She did talk about how she's religious. She like has like scrolls in her necklace, but she seems like just a nice young woman. Um, and then there's this guy, Nysus, spelled N Y S U S. Nisus. And he's like the IT electrician guy who you rarely ever see in the book because he's kind of like I the way it's described is he's like upstairs in the back, like the attic of the ship, and he just only talks to people through intercom. So they never really see him very much. Okay. Because he's just like, So I read this. This is what we should do. Like over the intercom. Gotcha. And he's just kind of like the IT electrician nerdy guy. So he's like Oracle and Batman. I pictured him as like O'Brien on Reddit. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, Chief O'Brien on Deep Space Nine. Yeah. But he's never right there. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I just checked on this one forum, and they yeah. said that when a tentacle bursts through the ceiling, uh, you should actually yell no. Yeah. <laughs> so, Claire decides that they shouldn't wait for the middle managers to decide what to do, because there's a ship in distress. People need help now. Um, the, the, Some of the crew disagree with her, because, you know, like I said, they want to go back to Earth. But... Well, I think her idea is smart, you know, because yeah. the book's called Dead Silence. Okay. Okay. All right. That's true. Yep. She doesn't know the name of the book. She is... Does she know that it says Ghost Ship Salvage Crew Unspeakable Horrors on the front of the book? <laughs> no, she doesn't know that. Okay. Um, I wish I wish that we would all get a book of our life and they would have some <laughs> random things on oh, there. Oh, no. You know what I mean? Like, mine would be like, hmm, what would mine be? Well, I don't, you know, honestly, I don't want to say. Yeah. I don't want to say what I think the front of mine would be because I feel like that would be giving away too much information. <laughs> It'd be, it would just be called yelling. Yeah. <laughs> yelling. So they drive this, the ship towards the distress signal. Yelling, smoking, pooping. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. The life of Pearlmania 500. Yep. Um, whatever. She makes the executive decision. Yeah. She's the captain slash team lead. 
whatever. Yep. They're doing what she's, they have to do what she says. Does anyone yell at her? You only make 50 cents more than me. <laughs> Literally, Voller's like, you're only doing this because you don't want to go back and work in the fucking cubicles. Yeah, yeah. I got real things to do. And you're like, yeah, yeah. But that's the other thing is like, the way, this is, again, this is so Walmarty. Though they She talks about her training um, within the company. So like, the way that Varix trains people is they train people for specific sections of the job. Yeah. So no one on the ship knows how to fix everything on the job. Yeah. I mean, no one on the ship knows how to fix the whole ship. Yeah. So you have to have five to six people to get anything done. So even her as the captain, in air quotes, doesn't know how certain things work because they refuse to teach everybody how to do it. Yeah. And so she, they're like, well, you're not really a captain because you don't really know how to do everything. And it's like, she's like, he's not wrong because they refuse to teach everybody how to do everything. Because then they'd go out on their own. And that's, and you need to have that corporate silofication. Yep. So. It's my favorite thing, by the way. (laughs) Corporate silos. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. when a when a company you're working for gets good and siloed, you're like, mm, this is my time to shine. <laughs> because you slowly also start to realize like nobody knows how anything gets fully done. <laughs> and then as you learn how things get fully done, you're like, oh, this thing that they're rushing me to get done in a mm-hmm. day and a half. Turns out I could get this done in a day and a half. The whole project still won't be completed for four and a half weeks, though, yeah. because it's going to reach over to Department B, and that department's run by a fucking idiot. Yeah. And when it gets to Department B, everyone in Department C will know it's coming, and they'll have all the pre-work done mm-hmm. before Moron finally pushes this cart all the way through his department. Okay, listen. We got to keep going with this book. All right. Okay. So they drive out into space. They go. They're going to find this distress signal. They go past the line where they're supposed to technically go. And everyone's really upset and nervous because, you know, they're going outside of the safety borders. Yeah. And when when they get to the distress signal, they turn on the exterior cameras because it's not like the ships of like the fancy ships where they would have like a window. They're in a salvage ship. Yeah. So they just have cameras and they turn on the cameras and they can't see jack shit. They can still hear it. They're at the location, but they can't see anything. And so... Claire is like, here's the thing. In space, there is no below. We need to look under us and above us. Yeah. And so they point the cameras downwards. And that's when they see that below them is a huge ship. It looks like a cruise ship. Okay. Like a cruise ship, like a going to the Bahamas cruise ship. Yeah. And it's insanely big compared to them. They look like a tick on the side of a bison. Like, it's huge. And they are in complete shock because all of the crew, except for the youngest girl, know immediately what it is. It is the Aurora, which is um, a famous luxury ship, right? It was built as a luxury cruiser. And that's why it looks like a a cruise ship from our time. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be like vintage looking. They're like, look, we'll make it vintage. Like a cruise ship. Remember when those idiots did cruises? Mm -hmm. So everyone's like, oh my God, is that the Aurora? And the reason they're all in stunned silence is because the Aurora is considered the biggest disaster in the history of space exploration and also considered an unsolved mystery. So 20 years prior to this moment 500 passengers and 150 crew went out on maiden voyage 
of the entire solar system. So it was supposed to be a luxury cruise around the whole solar system. It was a one-year trip. Okay, so this is like very fancy, very new. Um, but six months into the trip, uh, the ship completely disappeared. Nobody could ever find it. Every All souls were lost, right? It just disappeared, like Bermuda Triangle style. Okay. With no explanation. Um, and the way it's described as looking... As they're describing, because they saw commercials for this when they were younger. Yeah. This was a big deal. Like, this was supposed to be the biggest thing. It looked like the Titanic. That's how they, like, kind of made it look. All wood, which is apparently a big thing, so they don't have, like, trees like that anymore. Gold faucets, like, bougie, bougie, bougie. You're talking about on the interior. On the interior, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, like, describing, like, I remember when I saw the commercial for this on TV when I was younger, and, like, I, you know, all this stuff. And so this was, this ship was owned by a company called City Futura. Okay, City Futura. Now, City Futuria doesn't exist anymore because it was bought by Varix. Okay. But City Futuria used to be like Varix. It used to be the big space company. Gotcha. And then Varix came around and bought them. Okay. As uh, corporate things do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like Staples buying Office Max. <laughs> I'm just trying to relate it to I the was, day because everything so I far, was, very believable. I was thinking it was in my mind, like, did Amazon buy borders? No, actually. They just put them out with Kindle. Like, they put them. No, under. no, no. What's actually even more insane, because I worked at Borders mm-hmm. uh, when all that was happening. Um, borders didn't have a good website or search engine. Oh, yeah. I remember this story. Yeah. yeah so Borders didn't have a good website or search engine. So they partnered with Amazon. Mm-hmm. So Amazon built them a search engine and website for Borders books. And then what happened? When you went to Borders and you were like, oh, yeah, I want to buy this book, Dead Silence. It would show up. And they'd be like, yeah, if you go to the store at Borders books, it's twenty four ninety nine. If you buy it on Amazon, it's $7. Mm-hmm. And so Borders literally <laughs> partnered with the people who made who make with let them build a free commercial on their own dime oh, God. to make Amazon. So And then borders fired me. Yeah, okay. I don't okay. So they're examining me. Cuz I was high at work. Cuz Like a lot. Alex? What? This was 2004. They're examining the exterior of the ship. And they're all in like all of it, right? And they come to like this huge glass dome that like you know how on cruise ships sometimes they have like the interior pool and yeah. it's like that glass dome yeah, thing? Yeah, the atrium. The atrium, that's the word. So there's they see this huge atrium dome and they're like just like immediately like, God, this thing is so luxurious. This is crazy. And it's really like the glass is really foggy and thick. And that's when um, Claire was like, oh, like point the one of the lights because like the lights are movable. She's like, point the light at that atrium. Like we need a closer look. That's it looks off. And as they point the light at it, they see that the fog is actually frozen water. It's all the water that was in the pool is frozen into the atrium. OK. And then uh, <laughs> they notice immediately that there are hundreds of dead bodies frozen in the water in an ice grave. Okay. And they're not all in swimsuits either. Like, one's in a ball gown, one's in a suit, one's a waiter, but, like, there's somebody in a swimming pool, like, a a bikini. But there's all different types of people just frozen in this water dome. Whoa. And so, immediately, you know, obviously mass graves make people nervous. Yeah, I feel like, okay, so they turn around and leave, right? And that's the end of the book? Babes. Yeah? No. 
This lady really doesn't want to work in an <laughs> office. She's like, anything to not work in this office. So they're like, okay, so here's the thing. And I, th- I'm glad you brought that up. So most of the people on the ship are like, so we're turning around and leaving, right? Mm-hmm. We'll let people know we saw it. Hey, guys, here's the coordinates. We're going home. Yeah. Right? But Claire and the scumbag Voler start looking like eyes at each other. Like they hate each other, but yeah. they're both like, because they're the old, they've been in the game the longest. Yeah. And uh, they're like, no, we need to go on that ship and get a piece of it. And they're, they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, we need to go on that ship and get a piece of it to prove we were here. And they're like, why? Everybody's like, why? And Claire and Voller explain to them that there's old maritime laws that exist in space at this point. And one of them is the law of finding. Of salvage. If you find something and you can prove you were the first to find it, you get all money that comes from it. You have claim to everything on there. It's yours. You found it salvage style. So Voller and Claire are like, we're going on there and we're going to find ourselves a gold fucking faucet engraved with the name Aurora. And then we'll get back on the ship and we'll leave. But we got to get in there. Okay. I'm going to explain why this is still believable. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for one, because this could have been a, they could, like, I know what you're thinking, listeners. <laughs> hey, they got cameras on the outside of the ship. They're clearly recording everything. Mm-hmm. They could record everything, go right back to the area right at the edge of space, send the messages out. Hey, look at us. We got the stuff from the edge of space. Send it back. Then bring in a team and then they could be safe. They could have backup. They could do the whole salvage operation. There could be a whole thing that could be done. They don't actually have to get on it. But no, deep fakes in 2049, very good. Mm-hmm. All right? People still make Sonic the Hedgehog having sex with things in 2149. <sighs> and they're believable. And they're, you're like, there, look, right there. Don't start trying to cut me off. I will hit the Steven Crowder you can't talk button. Okay, number one, we don't have a Steven Crowder don't talk button. Um, number two, also, there are space pirates. Okay. So if if it was if they were to send back messages that oh we found it who's gonna come more different pirates and salvagers uh-huh. are gonna come loot the place before they even get it yeah or also there is concerns from some of the people that have worked for Varix for a long time that Varix wouldn't honor their word that unless they had physical proof that Varix would be like you didn't see that. No, you didn't find that. That's oh, they not would what hush it, was. it up. They would hush it up. Oh, so they want to like go back and like talk to the media. Yeah, they they're like they're, I said, like the, the media. They're concerned that the corporate overlords at this point would would hide it and you know not let them get any of the money or like some way fuck them over because that's what big Amazon of space does. Okay. Okay. So the book or co- or oh. hear me out. You go back there. And they're like, you can't talk to nobody. You're like, I'll sign an NDA, buddy. Pay me. Pay, pay me, me out. Pay, pay, pay me. me out. Pay me. So, Never sign an NDA unless they don't hand you a check. Oh, or three. So um, the book cuts back to her being interrogated again by, while she's in the mental health place. Okay. And the interrogators, like I said, there's Reed and Max. Smash cut. Reed is the younger guy. He's like the guy that dresses up for corporate gig because his dad's a boss and he's like trying to prove himself and he's a total dick. And he's dressing for the job he wants, not and the job Max he has. And Max is an old grizzled dude that's been there forever and he's actually Reed Superior. Mm-hmm. So Max, and actually 
it, we find out that Claire and Max know each other because she's been working for Verix or Verix her whole life. So she's known Max her whole life. Okay. But they're interrogating her again. And Reed is like, we know you killed them. Whoa. We know you went crazy and killed them. And she's like, I don't. And they're, they're trying to push her to confess to their, their death. And she refuses. She's like, even though I don't remember what the fuck happened, I would never kill my crew. And they're like, how'd you get on the escape pod? And she's like, I don't know. And the whole time that they're trying to convince her to like admit to this theoretical murder of her team, behind Reed and Max the whole time, she's seeing hallucinations of her team members and they're like dying in grotesque ways. Okay. So like one's like ripping their own eyeballs out type of stuff. Gotcha. And so she's trying to keep it chill. She's like, like looking at Reed and she's like, no, I didn't do it. And then like behind her is like the most graphic, horrible thing. And she's just like pr- trying to pretend she doesn't see it. Cause she's like, God, they're going to lock me the fuck up. So anyway, we cut back to the ship. Just, just a glance at yeah. what's happening in real time. So back to the ship, Claire and Voller entering the ship. Um, just the two of them, just the two of them. Everybody else has to stay back on the um, main ship. And, they're they're in their little space suits. It's like the around hood, not around hood, a helmet around helmet. Yep. It's got a little flashlight on the fucking front. Yep. Right. We've and all seen space movies. I am describing it. Okay. This is my job. What's okay. your job here? So <laughs> they're they they walk in. There is no lights on the ship. Right. There's no gravity. There's no air. It all is coming from inside their uh, little suits, and so it's pitch black. And the only light they have is like from the little helmet light. And so they can barely see. And also it's like they talk about how shitty their spacesuits are. Like they're bulky and they don't work well. The lights are foggy. Because again, this is space Amazon and they are the edge of space workers. So yep. they're not the most important workers. So they're getting like the, the worst material, like worst space uh, suits. Yeah. So it is described how bad they are. And um, uh, Claire sees a hallucination of her mother screaming like just like she's like wa- she's walking in the dark and the light shines and she sees her mother who is dead screaming but like silently screaming which is like kind of scarier and she just like kind of blinks and like the people on the Vilna ship Nisus, like yells into the comms he's like why did your heart rate spike are you okay why did your heart rate spike and she's like i'm fine i'm fine because she doesn't want to be like, I just saw a hallucination of my mom. Yeah, sc- yeah. My dead mom screaming. So um, they're they're walking through and they the way they find out the layout, which again, this is why Nisus, I said the Reddit thing, is so the way they know the, the layout as they're like being mapped through is because Nisus, the IT guy, he is on all of the fan forums for the mystery that is this missing ship on like their version of Reddit. So he's like one of these people that's like obsessed with true crime, if you will. Oh, you know what? You know who's reminding me of? Who? Um, all right. When we watched, remember? Okay. Cop show. Okay. The one uh, with unsubs. Oh, okay. Criminal Minds. <laughs> Criminal no. Minds. Okay. Yeah. Is that Criminal Minds? Criminal Minds. Mm-hmm. He's the blonde IT lady. Yes, he's the blonde. He's just sitting there where she's always like, "Oh, hun," and she's always talking to the one guy. He's like, "I'm gonna have sex with you." Yeah, they're. And he's like, "Weird though. It's weird thing to be saying." He always calls her baby. Yeah. Hey, baby. So yes, exactly. She is him. He is her. Yeah. And I wish I knew her character's name. I can't remember it. I can't remember it off the top of my head either. All right. I liked. 
damn. And ugh, like, why'd you have to bring this up? Because now my brain's going to try to focus on that. On criminal so, minds. So he is like pulling up all of his favorite articles about it because yeah. he's like obsessed. Like he's been studying this mystery of this ship for years because he's just like the way a lot of people are obsessed with like Jean Benet Ramsey or like these like the Bermuda Triangle, like things people you uh, could aliens. have just said the Titanic. Okay, <laughs> why do you go right to Jean Benet? Um, because it's more true crime. And like people that are into John Benet Ramsey are like in a John Benet Ramsey. Yeah, they've got theories. Okay, uh, the, I'm I'm telling you the comment section of this episode. If they're in the John Benet, they're gonna tell you. Okay? okay, it's a thing. So, wouldn't the brother? Oh my god, we can't start this. We have so much more book to go. Okay, so, um, he is guiding them through because again they can't see anything. How? Um, what they're trying to do is get to the main, ha- the main captain's quarters because they want to get the black box. Gotcha. Right. And, uh, but Nisus is like telling them he's like, all right, make a left here because he found like the original map, like the schematics, the schematics. And the whole time we're also learning more about the the history of the ship. Like apparently when it first went, it was like full of the most rich and famous people. There was a reality show star on board. Like she's described similar to like Paris Hilton in the simple life. And she was recording her reality show on board. So we know that this is like opulence. This is wealth. Yeah. Um, Jolo's there. (laughs) Jolo is definitely (laughs) Definitely. For sure. Under a different name. Yeah. So that uh, he won't get caught. No. Um, And they're walking up like a set of stairs and they see written words across the wall i see you leave me alone and a bloody handprint so you know that's not great nope um voller runs off to the captain's quarters um to turn off the beacon because his thing is he's like we have to turn off the beacon because if anybody else shows up here we're not gonna be able to claim our money right because like anybody else follows that beacon we followed because Voller is serious scumbag energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, turn off that beacon. Right? I get his motivation, but I also hate it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. So he's gonna go. He's gonna do that, and the the whole time, like everybody that's in the main ship is talking to Claire, and they're like trying to figure out what happened. They're like, was it a mutiny? Was it a riot? Like, what the fuck happened here? Um, and Claire's telling them that like she needs to find something that's one of a kind that she can take back to headquarters that no one could say wasn't on this ship. It has to be a one of a kind. This is on this fucking ship. Yeah. And so Nysus is like, listen, there's these hand carved statues that were put on the ends of the railing that were made specifically for this ship by a famous artist. Grab one of those fucking statues. So she goes over to the grand ballroom and then the staircase, she sees the like, it's like, you know, like a naked lady, like Roman style. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. whole thing. And so she's trying to unscrew that fucking thing. And, but again, there's no gravity, so she's having a hard time like getting herself uh, steeled up enough to like. I keep pull forgetting through. that they're floating. They're yeah, they're they're tethered, but they're still floating around, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. They're like forcing themselves with their uh, the the suits kind of keep them a little bit weighted. Yeah, yeah. But they still don't have enough like to to like really pull a screwdriver to like pull something like that. Yeah. So, um, she's trying to do that, and as she's doing that, she gets super startled because the lights come back on. Like, all of a sudden, it's just, like, bright, bright lights. And uh, so she looks up. And as she looks up, because, like, all the lights on the ship go come up, she realizes there are hundreds and hundreds of dead bodies floating all above her. Just a mass grave just floating in the air of frozen dead bodies. And so 
she panics a bit as one would yeah <laughs> and she's like looking at them and they're not like peacefully floating like they're all in really weird um stances and they all are like covered in blood and bruises and have a lot of wounds and she like kind of looks at this one girl who is like has a stab wound on her head that like her hand is holding like she's trying to apply pressure to it but then also on her other hand she has duct tape a knife to her hand and she's just like why the fuck is that lady got a knife duct tape to her hand like everybody that's floating above her dead looks crazier than yeah. just a dead body yeah um so she comes is over to Voler because she's like, what the fuck? Did you just turn the lights back on? He's like, yeah, I'm running a diagnostic. And he's, she's like, what's it look like in Cactus Corners? He's like, it's carnage in here. The place is covered in blood. The first officer's got a huge hole in his head. Ugh. And she's like, yeah, it's pretty terrible here. Um, Kane comes on board, like uh, the medic guy. Yeah. He's like, I'm going on board, guys. Nicest and uh, the other gal stay here. I'm going to go on board and help them. And so when he catches up with Claire, who's like pulling the statue still, because again, pirate life first. Yeah. <laughs> right? Pirate life first. I am not going back to that cubicle. All these dead bodies can't hurt me, but that office job will. <laughs> I'm getting this thing off. Um, so they're, Claire and Kane are going to go to the captain's quarters to find Voler. And because the thing is, is Voler's running a diagnostic, like he said, which turned the lights on. But Claire and Kane are yelling at him like turn it off turn it off because their fear is that if the diagnostic runs too long it's going to turn gravity back on and a hundred dead bodies are going to come flying to the ground oh yeah yeah, and then it'll turn oxygen on which will then start to decompose bodies and then they'll start rotting yeah yeah yeah. so they're like you gotta turn it off man like this will be gross um and so they run to find him they pass a lot of blood and gore like like brains and skulls and stuff like smashed on the walls like it's super gross stuff um she claire sees the first officer she was he was talking about with like the big hole in his head and she makes note of like that he has little like uh, orange earplugs in and she was like that's weird um when they find him they he begrudging like he doesn't want to turn it off because he's like the guy that does that type of thing so he wants to know that information yeah he's like what the fuck happened here right and they're like, turn it off, turn it off. So he begrudgingly turns it off. And as soon as they he turns it off, you know, back in complete darkness. Um, but Voller did get some a report about what happened because the ship is constantly running a diagnostic when it was on, right? Yeah. So he pulled the one from 20 years ago. That's what he was doing, pulling that 20 year ago like record. And he's showing it to them. And this is, again, the funny part where he shows it to them and she doesn't know what it says. Because, again, she wasn't trained in what this fucking thing says. Kane actually knew a little bit of what it said. And he goes, that can't be real. And she's like, you have to tell me what it says. Because, again, they didn't train me to read what this report looks like. (laughs) So he's like, there was no catastrophic failure. There was no accident, no explosion. That means that someone drove the Aurora out here and just turned it off. That's it. They just drove to the edge of the universe and turned the boat off. It was completely intentional, whoever did it. And they're like, what the fuck, right? Like, what? Like, because again, they're just like, there's dead bodies floating everywhere with knives duct taped. Who would just drive this boat out here? And like, yeah, what? Um, so now the book's going to cut back to the interrogation. Okay. Okay. With Max and Reed. I wrote their names Thank down. you. Thank you. Max and Reed. Um, so they're like, 
they're kind of gaslighting her. They're like, you could have hallucinated this whole thing, right? Like, we know you have PTSD. We know about your past, your deep, dark past. And so, yeah, her deep, dark past starts to come up a bit. Okay. Um, and they go back. The, they talk about what happened to her when she was a child. And it does come up a lot in the story. But for time, I didn't want to really focus on it. Because, again, listeners, please read this book. I am butchering this book. This book is so fun to read. This book was incredibly fun to read. Please read it even after you listen to me butcher this book. But they do talk about her past a lot. And basically what happens is when she was little. um, Okay, so you know how um, Elon Musk wants to go uh, to Mars. To Mars. Yeah. So Varix wanted to go to this other planet. And apparently this is what they did like in this future time is they colonize all these different planets. Mm -hmm. And so they make it like um kind of like frontiersmen like in the wild west where it's like no you this is an opportunity for you don't you want a new opportunity yeah yeah. go to this new planet 475 this will be your opportunity to start a new life you get a great job and so that's how they would kind of like sell people and moving to these weird new planets yeah and then forcing them into some fucked up labor practices in it yeah, like, like colonialism. Exactly. Okay. In space. Yeah. So It's going to be different this time, guys. Gonna, we swear. i definitely going to have really good rules to keep us all safe in space. Yeah. So she, uh, her mom and her had been on this planet that was being colonized um, for scientific research and other, you know, just general reasons. And her mom was like a doctor. So her mom had been sent there by Varix to, you know, do medical for the people that were living there. And... Basically, what happened was there was some type of outbreak of an unknown disease that was airborne. And everybody on the entire uh, planet, again, they're only in like a little colony on the planet, but everyone in the colony died. And the only survivor was Claire. And Claire was stuck on the that in that colony for like 30 days with all of the dead bodies, including her mother. And it was just her, it was just surrounded just, by she, dead people. She was the only, the lone survivor, and she was like eight years old at the time. Okay. And so she, you know, the she had told them when it happened, when she was eight, that the reason that, you know, they were like, how did you get into this? She got into like some, I forget what it's called, not like a hyperbaric chamber, but like there was like an air chamber, like somewhere where you, like a decompression room or like, what's it called? Like a, not a quarantine, like where you would go to like, airlock like an airlock kind of on there that you would go to if you like they thought you were sick so you had to go there for a bit and then come back in so she had told them that she saw her little girlfriend who was like another eight-year-old and she was like come play with me come play with me like we're gonna go in here and so she followed her friend who she knew had died a week before so this ghost of this little girl told her to go hide in this room and she hid in there and that's the reason she survived. So when they got, when they landed on the planet, you know, 30 some days later, the one little girl in the airlock, everybody else dead, lone survivor. And then we find out later that this is like later in the story, that the main reason this fucking happened is Varix was trying to save money and had back ordered the air filters that were supposed to go there. And so like, because of like, paperwork and bureaucracy trying to save a nickel they didn't se- send the right air filters they sent the wrong ones and then they didn't up like bring the newer fresh ones in time and everybody died okay yeah okay so 
believable. Believable. Yeah, no, everything so, so far has been believable. So she, so these, but now, now you're starting because you gave me the little girl thing. Yeah. So her seeing her mom scream, she's like, "Not yeah. again!" That's yeah. why. Her, that's the other reason. Besides it being scary to see your mom scream. Yeah. In in silence when she's been dead since you were eight years old. Yeah. On top of that, she's like, "Oh no, I'm seeing ghosts again, again, again." And the last time I saw ghosts. Yeah, and ooh. the whole time she's in the mental institution, she's hallucinating. Yeah, right? she's seeing ghosts all. She's over seeing the place. ghosts all the yeah, time. Yeah. So. Oh, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I because I was curious. Yeah. I looked up Varix because mm-hmm. you said V-E-R-U-X. Yeah, that's how it's spelled. And I was like, oh, I wonder if that's like a word for something. Um, so I just Googled it. Mm. There is a Varix Incorporated. Oh, no. Um, and it is, uh, it's in Sacramento, California. Of course it is. They specialize in stormwater compliance and integrated construction management for a broad spectrum of clients. So uh, this is how it begins. <laughs> it starts with stormwater. Oh, no. Okay. Well, stormwater is illegal. We could do a whole episode on that. So, um, okay, saving air filters. So the whole thing is that Max knows her because he was on that original crew that found her. And then, like, when they found her, she became, like, a media star because they're like, our lone survivor. Because, again, they had to spin the story. Not that we didn't give them air filters, but look at this one little girl that survived. Everyone feel bad for the little girl. So they put her into a Varix brand group home. And then in her Varix brand group home, she went through Varix brand training to get a job at corporate Varix. And that's how she became a Varix captain for ships. Gotcha. Right, so she's been in Varix her whole life. Varix uh, killed her mom. Varix gave her food. This is not healthy. And on top of that, then everyone she works with is like, you only got that job because your mom fucking died. Oh, well, that's not true because nobody knows about this, that she's the lone survivor from this very famous incident, except for Kane the medic. Because oh. he got her medical history. Okay. Nobody else knows. So when that's like when she was trying to like float off into space, he's like, yeah, you're not okay. I know you. You got depression stuff. What are yeah, you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, blah, blah, blah. So when Max and Reed are interviewing her, again, interrogating her, and this time they're talking about her past and her PTSD and like, nobody would blame you if you went off the hinge. We all know what happened to you when you were little. Would it, we don't, who could have blamed you if you would kill your entire crew? And she's like, I didn't kill my whole crew, right? Like, um, so back to the story, right? Um, they're, they got the statues off the thing and they're getting the fuck out of there. <laughs> they get the statues and they go back to their ship. They're like, we're getting the fuck off the Aurora. Um, and they get back on the ship and they start arguing about like, Okay, it's it's kind of like a weird argument of like, do we just fly back in our little ship and, you know, it takes a little bit of time because of how slow their salvage ship goes and then what's going to happen when we get there? Are they going to believe us? Blah, blah, blah. And Nysus brings up um, the emergency safety protocol called the Versailles cont- contingency. And they're like, what the fuck is the Versailles contingency? And he's like, it was a subsect in the like master plans that was only for the most elite and most rich on the ship, the wealthiest section of the boat. So like the boat is in different sections, obviously. And like, there's like a top left corner that is for the most elite. And again, the younger people are like, what the fuck is Versailles? And they're like, it's when the poor people try to kill the rich. And so they had this contingency plan because they thought that at some point the crew might fucking revolt after being on a boat with rich people for a year. And they were like, we need a contingency plan. And when I was reading that, I was like, bet. 
believable. Believable. Yeah. You should probably put that in. Uh, uh, 365 days of rich people. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So basically the and way. And they're in international space, too. So they're just <laughs> up there. They're just sucking and fucking and drugging. And... Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. It's, they're not treating you like a human. Yeah. As a waiter. Yeah, they're like, oh, I wonder what made everyone on this boat go crazy. Capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking unbridled wealth and power. So basically the way he describes the Versailles contingency is that the section of the boat where they are is like there's a built-in lifeboat system where if they click the, if they hit the right buttons, it's like a sequence of buttons, the walls will secure, a second oxygen will come on with air filter, a food supply and water already set up. So basically, if the poor workers on board were to revolt, they could seal them out and then everybody would die a slow and painful death in space. But the people within the airlock would be fine. Sounds sounds like there's no way that could back that could go against you. No. Foolproof plan. Okay. Um, so the here's what happens. The crew's like, why don't we go back on the Aurora? Hear me out. We go back on the Aurora. We go to those rooms, we hit the Versailles button, and then we drive the Aurora home. They can't say we didn't find the Aurora if we just drive the Aurora home. And they're all like, this is a terrible plan. But they all agree to do it. (laughs) Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com What? Do you want to take a break right there? Sure. Because this sounds like the, they. It was like they were. They were almost out. Yeah. They got sucked back in. I feel like this is the perfect place to take a break. Okay. And uh, when we get back, okay, you're gonna explain to me how the Versailles contingency goes well, right? It all yeah. goes well. It all works out. Um. Dead silence. And we're back. We're back. I got to say the first word that time. You're welcome. Don't you say you're welcome. What? Okay, so they they go to I feel like it's called the platinum section. That would be what it's called. Yeah, it would be called. They like all the platinum head section. onto the ship, and one of the other things is that they have to take parts from their main ship because like they need like little parts to fix stuff yeah so they actually have to like kind of uh take apart their ship and bring some stuff with them to make sure that they can fix up the aurora right and they so they're heading they're all in their silly suits and they're walking through the dark 
and heading to the platinum section and uh okay so when they get to the platinum section where um nicest has told them that the versailles stuff will work there's a lot of like suites like the the bedrooms but the suites yeah and so they all are going in and making sure there's no dead bodies in there and so one like in groups of two they're going in each room and looking all around making sure that there's nothing in there like a dog or a cat because rich people you know they got like a little dog or something Mm -hmm. and they do find a lot of gross bodies yeah (laughs) so the book does go like they find like a woman who has hung herself off the bedpost using her own jewelry um they find a lady hiding under her bed like clearly in terror hiding um but she's blindfolded and her ears are stuffed with rags and so they're like pulling her body out and they're like that's really weird like why is she hiding blindfolded um and then there's like two men who've clearly beat each other to death and their bodies are in the one room so they're just pulling all of the bodies out of one room and all the rooms and then they mark the doors with like um electrical tape kind of like x formation means like no bodies and like two lines mean there were bodies in this one or something like okay. that and they put all the bodies in one other room and then seal that room and they're like that's the dead body room we sealed it up like don't go in there they write a note on there whatever um so clear out all the bodies so here's my one concern okay right? go ahead so they're gonna go and they're gonna use this this big Titanic, mm-hmm. right? And they're gonna be in just this one sealed off area. Yep. They're gonna turn the ox. They don't. They're gonna turn the oxygen back on. Mm-hmm. The oxygen that they're convinced works. Yep. That's full of dead bodies. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, then that oxygen is gonna be recycled. They're mm-hmm. clearly gonna then take off their spacesuits. Yep. And then breathe in that air, mm-hmm. where it's probably like a virus or something. Okay. Yep. That's kind of like where this is feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then they have a doctor on the ship that the doctor, or at least a medical guy, he's mm-hmm. probably more or less a school nurse, mm-hmm. the way the corporates run. Yeah. So, and he's like, yeah, that, 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 that sounds good. No, they do bring up, they're like, you know, we don't, they have like tests. Like when they do the tests that um, when he ran, there was like, there was no contaminants in the air. And they're like, no known contaminants. Yeah, exactly. That's and what I'm saying. Like, like so you're in space. They're they're like, no, this this could really go wrong. Everybody agrees it could go wrong. But I think the other thing is that everybody knows that the payout of this like, if this works, they are all set for life. All of them are set for life. So they're all just kind of like, well, <laughs> they're just gambling at yeah. this point. At this point, they're set for the rest of their lives. Okay. So they hit the right buttons. The Versailles protocol is put in place and it does work. They're like sealed. It's like chunk, 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 chunk. The new air filters turn on. Gravity turns on. And they get like a thing. It's like 60, like 70 hours until they go back to ComWeb. So that's 70 hours to drive to the boat till they get to the main place where they could check in. Okay. The end of the ComWeb. So, oh, also there's like um, some like light romance between Kane and Claire. They like kiss. It's like a whole thing. But it's also just like not a thing. So like, just so you know. Kane and Claire are like kind of flirting with each other, but like, but I it's like an office thing. Yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. It, it's also, like office. he knows her medical history, so like, bro, red flag. Oh, uh, so he's uh. Bashir. He's Doctor Bashir <laughs> on Deep Space Nine. He is Bashir. It's like, right. dude, every every part of your medical ethics tells you that this is They're wrong. A bad idea, dude. Don't do this. And she, he's like, but I'm horny. She's a broken young woman. What yeah. are you doing? So, okay, what else is happening? Volor Volor is complaining of headaches. Now, there's also the part where, like, he found a bunch of champagne, and he was, like, popping champagne. He's like, we did it. Oh, my God, we're going to be rich. And they're like, don't drink that. 
we don't know what the fuck that is. And he's like, it's sealed. And they're like, yeah, don't do it. And he does it. And then so he gets a headache and everybody's like, well, you drank that weird champagne from 20 years ago on the ghost ship, dude. What are you talking about? Yep. Um, but whatever. So um, Nysus finds a recorded video um, from the reality TV show. Remember how I told you they were filming a reality show on there? Yeah. Well, he finds a recorded videos of, you know, it's like kind of like a like USB and they like plug it into the yeah. computer so they can see it. And in the video, you see a producer like kind of fighting with another guy and they're like, no, we're going to fucking film it. Like blah, blah. And they're like arguing with each other. But the cat, the camera holder is the guy who's yelling that we're going to go film it. Like, let's just go. And so you, the camera runs with the men towards like this cracked bedroom door that's in front of them. And they put the camera in the door. So they're like clearly secretly filming from like the floor up and what they're filming is two rich ladies, a younger one and an older one. And the younger one is that Paris Hilton type gal I was telling you about. Yeah. Who was like re- filming a reality show the whole time that she was on the ship. Like she, I guess she had a long-term reality show. It was very popular on earth. And so, you know, her going on to this famous ship was going to be like a whole like extra season and whatever. So the older gal that she's arguing with is her mother. And they're screaming at each other about this Paris Hilton type girl is like doing something wrong. I think like there's somebody on the boat, like a man who has a restraining order against her and she keeps like trying to find him. And the, the mom's just like, leave him alone. Okay. <laughs> You're going to get us like, like we're going to like have our t- TV show taken away if you don't fucking stop. Like he doesn't like you, dude. But so they get in this fight and in the video, the mom, like after the girls yelling at her, the mom calmly and with a smile pulls a knife out of her bathrobe and just stabs her daughter in the head. And so the camera is just like, uh, and they kind of like Blair Witch out of there. So like you see the camera stand up and turn and they're screaming and they're running away. And as they're running away, the camera kind of comes back into frame because like it's like run, 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 Blair Witch style. Yeah, Yeah. And then they're in that atrium. Okay. And when they're in the atrium, they see like a lady in the a ball gown crying on the floor and then like men in uniforms, like the staff dead on the floor and pools of blood. Um, there's a guy who's like laying in front of them who has a golf club sticking out of his back. Um, and then in the distance, they see like a pile of human bodies, but they're moving because they're clearly all fighting each other. And it's just like a huge mass of human bodies just like beating the living shit out of each other. And then... They hear a noise and the camera pans upwards and at the top of the staircase, like at the railing, there's a man dressed like a chef. Uh, the guy that's the chef uh, has tied a rope around his neck and is ju- is jumping off of the side and the camera cuts, like catches all of that and then the cameraman drops the camera when the chef lands or doesn't land, if you will. And um, the camera, as the camera drops, you hear the cameraman say, Leslie, is that you? You're supposed to be at home. How'd you get here? And then you just see him walk towards like the pile of fighting people. And that's kind of the end of the video. And they're all just like, what the fuck is going on? What's going on? Okay. (laughs) Right? So then they're like, we're sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) See, the one thing is this is reminding me a lot of is two things. Okay. Number one in the Kingsman. 
where there's like that that movie. Did you, did you ever see that one? I don't know if I saw that one. That's the movie with the guys who are like in like a secret service type of thing, mm-hmm. uh, but British. Yeah, I think I did watch that with. Yeah, you. yeah, and there's a uh, there's a note there's like a note that you play mm-hmm. that makes everyone just immediately feral. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And they just start fighting. Very that. Yeah, very very. So there's that. like that. But it also reminds me of uh, both a Star Trek original series oh, and no. a Star Trek uh, Next Generation episode called The Naked Now, which is there's like this disease where it just makes everybody super horny and weird. Um, so it's just it feels like a mix of those two things. Yeah. I haven't said anything horny yet. It's only been really gross. Yeah, no, I know. But I'm just saying like. There's that line though, yeah. where so, like you end up with the people who are like, "I'm so mad, I'm now, I'm like weird horny," and you're oh, like, no. "No, no, not weird horny." Yeah. Okay, so they decide they're sleepy and they're gonna take turns sleeping in pairs so that some people are always on the main like deck area, right? And so Claire and Lords are gonna go to one of the rooms that's not marked X or whatever, so they can go to sleep. And you know they get to the room is luxurious. They're both kind of just like in awe of the way like the wealth of this room like the ensuite bathroom and the huge bed and like they're talking about like the opulence of the situation right yeah they've never slept in a bed like this like she's from an orphanage (laughs) like she's she slept on her dead mom's body like it's this is she's not used to this bed so they fall asleep and then i don't want to say in the middle of the night but like in the middle of her sleep um claire feels something near her foot and you know, like you that thing, like when you're asleep and you kind of like kick and you're like, what, what's that? And so she wakes up and she looks down and the woman, that blindfolded woman with the stuff in her ears is grabbing her foot, the dead woman. And so Claire freaks the fuck out and rolls over and actually hits her head on the bedside table as she fall, falls off the bed. <laughs> and then she comes to and the lady's not there anymore, but she does notice that Lords is missing. Lords, because like they both slept in the big bed. Yeah. But she rolled over and she wasn't there. So she's like, where the fuck is Lord? Why the fuck is this crazy lady that's blindfolded grabbing my foot? And so she runs. She gets up uh, and runs to the um, the main hub where the other guys are, right? To be like, does anybody know where Lord's is? She doesn't like go in there and tell them right away what happened, though. Because like she thinks that everybody thinks she's crazy because they do kind of think she's crazy. Because she's crazy. So she's like, I don't want to tell them I saw a spooky, yuki dead lady grabbing yeah, yeah. my feet. But I do want to know where Lords is. You know what really works in a corporate team setting? What? Um, you know, not being honest. Yeah, for sure. I think like I think that's really good. It's a really smart way to run a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't tell anybody of your coworkers anything about you ever. No, never. <laughs> Sharing personal information to with a coworker makes you weak. Take those pictures down. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> um. What happens? So she gets to the main hub of the ship and they're talking, um, Kane and Nysus and Voller about um, there's this issue with the electrical output. So they've been reading the charts, right? And they're like, the electric output is so unsafe. It's on the edge of like, like the safest it should be high. And they're like, and also the noise dampeners, because you have noise dampeners on the ship so that all these rich people wouldn't have to hear the engines going. Yeah. So they're running at this insane capacity and they're just like talking about how insane this is that like, like, cause like, I guess they started looking into it cause they heard this loud sound, like this engine sound. And they're like, why the fuck is the engine making that noise? And they started looking into it and they're like, oh my God, this, the noise capacitor is running so high. The electric's running too high. Like everything is just running really like 
on the edge of where it should be. And this is dangerous. Yeah. And so they're all talking about that. Also, Voller's still complaining about his massive headache. And they're all like, whatever, dude. Like, you just fucking, you drank weird champagne. Leave us alone. Um, so then they find... Voller's the scumbaggy guy. He's right? scumbag yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the they find um, on, in the computer stuff, because they've been going through all the computer stuff, they find the captain's last message. So like... Oh, it, I'm sure this isn't haunting. <laughs> so they find the captain's last message. And it's like really... Uh, fuzzy and cutting in and out like it's not a, it's not well saved yeah and so they're like well Claire's like well we have to play it and the other thing is that cl- the original captain I did not write down her name but Claire like looked up to her growing up like she was like her, the captain she wanted to be okay she, you know what I mean like she so was her so baseball little, card yeah yeah so there's a little like star yeah star, and she's like yeah. I want to know what her like her last thing yeah, was I get to know what her last words yeah. are and so she's like we gotta play it right and so it's fuzzy, and what it says, and it's cutting in and out. So it's like, we've had a rash of suicides, passenger on passenger violence. People keep reporting seeing things, things that could not be there. I saw Maria. Mia, if you see this, no, I know I, no, you tried to tell me about the omens and warnings. I saw her, I didn't listen. I love you. And then it cuts out. Okay. All right. So they're like, Okay, so the violence, that's the thing, and seeing things, okay. And then as they're, as it cuts from the, like, I love you, and that's the moment they hear a loud scream, which is Lord's scream from the other side of, like, this main platinum area. They hear, like, death scream. So they all go running, except for, I think, Nisus. They all go running to find Lord's, because it's clearly her screaming. And they go running to her voice, and as they get closer, overwhelming smell like the grossest smell of death ever and they're like what the fuck is going on and they come up and they're running down the halls and they come up to that room where they sealed all those dead bodies in and lords is standing in the middle of the dead body room surrounded by the dead bodies it's clear that she's just come to and she's surrounded by them they stink and she starts screaming at claire why would you do that to me why would you do that to me and claire's like the fuck did i do and she's like, you told me to come here. I followed you. And so Lord starts telling this story about how when they were asleep, Claire woke her up and told her to follow her and directed her. And they went like walk through the ship. She wouldn't say what they were looking for. And then Claire told her to open this door. And then all she remembers is just waking up now, surrounded by all these dead bodies because Claire told her to. And Claire's like, I was at the front. I got attacked by a lady with a blindfold on. Like, they're having two different things, but Lourdes doesn't believe her, and so, like, is suspicious of her from this point forward. Okay. Because in her mind, Claire did this to her. So what you're telling me is a woman had a dream where someone else did something wrong and then blames them for everything? Yeah. Yeah, believable. <laughs> yeah. 100% believable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I woke up mad because you were mean to me in a dream. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's I'm never gonna happened. Be, I'm going to be mad until dinner time. Yeah, and that's that's never <laughs> happened before. In the history of the world, a woman has never had a dream where she blames somebody else for some actions they didn't do. Well, well, okay. you shouldn't have been doing that thing I dreamed you dream. Yep. That I dreamt you did. So at this point, Claire admits to the group about the weird lady under her bed. Okay. And she's like, listen, I didn't do that because let me tell you what did happen to me. <laughs> and they're like, mm, they sort of don't believe her. 
and Voller tells her she's crazy. Yep. But also he's kind of being like really mean about it. He's like, you fucking idiot. Like only you would say that you fucking idiot. And Kane, uh, starts to admit that he also has had a hallucination because he keeps seeing his daughter but his daughter who is alive yeah on earth but he keeps seeing her and he hasn't he won't tell anybody but he's like kind of like starting to allude to the fact that like yeah he's seen something too um oh right okay so wait i forgot something so like what happens is like uh the lord situation like causes such a rift between all them that Kane and Claire walk off to like a different area and the, all the main people go to the main bridge and um, Kane and Claire are having this conversation about the, did you see a, a ghost? Right. And then they hear a scream from the bridge and it's Lord screaming again. Like Jesus Christ, why is Lord screaming again? So they go running to the bridge and when they get there, they see the nicest and Lord's are trying to pull Voler back from the door. So they, they see that Lords and Nysus are trying to pull Voler away from the door. And they're screaming, like, you're going to kill us. You're going to kill us. What are you doing? And Voler's screaming, can't you hear them? They want to come in. And Claire and Kane, of course, are like, what the fuck is going on? And so it kind of pans out. And you can see that Voler is holding the plasma drill which is like described as being like this huge drill that they use a handheld drill that uses like a plasma ray to shoot through metal and stuff so he's trying to plasma drill through the door and obviously lords and nisus are freaking out because if they break the seal of the door it they will all die yeah because outside of the chamber that they're in there's no oxygen exactly. there's no pressure any of that stuff yeah so it will kill them if he is successful right so but he is completely out of his mind he's screaming like they're they need to come in you need to let me let them in and they're like there's no one out there the only people that are going to die is us if you do this and so he ends up like punching Nysus in the face. He falls to the ground. He kind of throws Lords off of his shoulder and she like kind of flies back to the wall and then is like laying there in fetal position. And so Claire starts like kind of talking to him like argumentatively, of course, but she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, can't you hear them? They want to come in. And she's like, the only thing I hear is the engine because the, the sound thing is broken. And he's like, no, they're they're screaming and they need to come in and he's like just freaking out and he's like the noise is making it worse because they hear the noise and the noise is so loud and they're just like freaking out so claire actually lunges at him and like goes for the drill that's in his hand so that he'll stop you know trying to drill the door open yeah and when she does he actually kind of like pulls back and whacks her in the head with the bottom of the drill. Okay, so now she's had her second concussion. Two concussions. <laughs> yeah, because she had one when she hit her head yep. rolling out of the bed. Yep, when the lady with the blindfolded lady attacked yeah. her. And now he's got this one. So we got a second head wound. And so she's laying on the ground. She's almost completely knocked out. And he's standing over her. And she's like having this internal panic because in her mind, it's kind of slow mo. And he's like clearly freaking out. He looks down at her like with like a terrifying smile. And so in her mind, she's like, he is about to shoot me with the plasma drill. Like what? Like this is it. Because, you know, they hate each other. And at that moment, while he's smiling and looking at her, he takes the plasma drill and blasts himself in the head with it and blows his head off. Whoa. And then it cuts to black. She passes out. 
Okay. So now we're back at the mental hospital. <laughs> okay. That's called a smash cut. <laughs> so that literally a smash cut right yeah. there. So back at the mental hospital. With Reed and Max. With Reed and Max. Okay. And I don't know if I uh, told you this. And I, I apologize in advance if I didn't. But the whole time they're interrogating her, she's telling them this story. Okay. She's like, this is what happened. Because, again, they're trying to say, you killed the team. Yeah, 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 She's like, no, this is what happened. And then we got on the Aurora, and then we locked ourselves in, and we were going to drive the boat home, and then fucking Voller freaked out. And so, like, ev- the whole description of what's going on is her telling Reed and Max the story. I get you. Okay, so we're back in the mental hospital. And so she's like, listen, I don't remember anything from this point forward. I got knocked out, and then I woke up in, in the mental hospital. Yeah. And you guys told me that I got into an evacuation pod. And apparently the story that she was told was um, some other ship out in K-147 found her in an evacuation pod holding the little statue. Remember the statue thing? From the Aurora. From the Aurora. And they found her. She was completely like out of it, like cuckoo bananas. Mm -hmm. So they sent her. They called Variks and Variks took her to the mental institution place. Okay. So she's like, I don't remember any of this. Um, and so they still don't believe her story. They like, they are just like, Reed is again, just being like, you did this. This is your fault. You need to admit you were done. And Max is just like being vague still. Like Max has always been like quietly vague. Like, listen, we understand you've been under a lot of pressure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that. And so you can trust me. I'm your old father figure. Man. Yeah, exactly. So, um, at this point, when she gets to the end of the story, Max lets them know, let her, lets her know that um, there is one piece of information that they can corroborate, corroborate for her, um, which is that they, d- she did find the Aurora, that she isn't crazy. Okay. They did find it, and it's actually heading towards Earth. They found it on their satellites, and its trajectory is straight towards Earth. And so Verix actually is going to get together a team to go intercept it because they don't want it to make it to Earth. Before they figure out what the fuck's going on. Yeah. So immediately she's like, wait, what? You need to find my team, blah, blah. And Reed's like, yeah, you're like, your team's alive. We know you killed them. And she's like, the fucking ship is on its way here. Are they driving in here? What are you talking about, right? Um, so then Max says, listen, what we're going to do is we're getting together a team and we're going to fly to the ship to intercept it. And we're taking you with us. Oh, come on. Yeah. This is the mermaid boat all over again. You got out. So they're like, listen, we know that you know your way around the boat. Yeah. And, we, and so we're going to take you with us. And Reed is like, this is a terrible idea. Yeah. She's crazy. You guys have schematics. Yeah. No, we're taking her with us. No, we got to take the crazy lady. I know what this is. So, I don't know. No, listen. I don't know, you tell me what this is. I we're know what this is. this book. No, I, that's fine. But I'm going to make it a prediction. This is the company knows mm-hmm. that she has salvage rights mm-hmm. for the giant ghost Titanic. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. And so they're like, hey, since everyone ever goes on that fucking boat dies, yep. we'll put her back on the boat yep. and then she'll die. And then, and then we, we get, get to reclaim. And then we get the money. And we got the power. Yeah, money and the power. So she, they're like, listen, we're going to take you back with us. And Reed is like, this is the dumbest idea, but Max is his superior. So he's like, shut the fuck up, Reed. We're doing what I said. Yeah, shut up, Reed. Shut up, Reed. We don't like you. Your name's Reed. Wait, I think Reed is the name of the guy, one, that guy from Criminal Minds, isn't it? Oh, he's like yeah. a dorky guy. Yeah. I like him. He's great. Yeah. So, um, blah, 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 blah. The whole other thing that happens is that like, you know, like I said, she's on like a lot of drugs this whole time because they're really like 
giving her a lot of diazepam or whatever to yeah, calm yeah. her the hell down. So, and she's still having hallucinations and everything. So she's like, she's internally, she's having this monologue of like, I need to stop taking these meds because I can't go on that fucking boat and be groggy. I'll never survive it. Yeah. So she like kind of like spits out her meds that night. And so then like the whole scene is that she's in the hospital and it's her first night without the heavy meds. And so she experiences like an incredible amount of hallucinations and ghosts. Like everybody that ever died in that mental institution in every horrible way they've ever died came to see her. Okay. And she wasn't, she didn't want to scream because then the nurses would come in and be like, wait, did you not take your fucking meds? Why are you alert right now? So she has to just kind of sit through it all night. Um, so she does, she makes it through the night barely. And next day, they take her to this ship uh, that's going to head out. And she, again, doesn't take her psych meds. And the way they describe it is actually really funny. I had to write it down because they give her like a pouch of water, which is kind of described like a Capri Sun or one of those little applesauce bags you give to little kids. Okay. And like, here's some water and take your pills, right? And so she's like, okay. So she puts the pills in her mouth and then she takes a sip of the Capri Sun water. But like she spits the pills back into the through the nozzle and i was like you know what drug addicts am i right (laughs) i was like like, honestly that's hilarious yeah um so she meets the team that she's flying out with which is like max reed and then like all these like military people what are the kind of military people that you like pay mercenary mercenary very mercenary energy okay but they're varix team mercenaries yeah they're Uh, they're corporate they're corporate security they're pinkertons yeah they're pinkertons they're space pinkertons there it is space pinkertons okay so very believable yeah so (laughs) she meets the team that she's flying out with the space pinkertons and she injured like they're all like kind of lined up but also like working around like moving boxes and shit time out real quick like, usually at this point, I get really upset. Like, oh, why are they bringing the crazy lady back? But I'm like, no, this is like a giant corporation, and it's space, so it makes sense. <laughs> I I just want to let you know. I, you think I haven't noticed that you have been very less argumentative about this? Yeah, because it all makes sense. This is all totally, like, so far. <laughs> like, the, the choices that people have made. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you know what? If I was on a salvage crew and I was a yeah. piece of shit... I would yeah. want to go steal a statue from the ghost ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the part that doesn't make sense. I'd be sense... stealing jewels from floating bodies. Right. Like, that's awesome. that makes more sense. Catch me. But also, but the whole thing with them, like, using the other ships or return, like, that's stupid. Like, that's, like we're going we're gonna to pilot the big ship back. That was just a dumb move. I think it's a better move because you know that boat's engine is bigger, therefore it moves faster. Yeah, but it has that, that boat's engine hasn't worked in 20 years. That's true. Versus the one it you're on. It's working right now. It's flying towards Earth. What I know, but I'm just about? saying before they did that, they didn't know what the status of anything no. was. They didn't. There's all these unknowns. I feel like they And you're in space. It. Okay, wait. So anyway, um, she meets the Pinkerton people. Yeah. And... She starts, she sees like the one, the biggest dude there in uniform and she starts like, she goes up to him and she's like kind of whisper talking to him and she's like, listen, you guys don't know what you're doing with. You're going to see some wild shit. Don't start shooting. Okay. Trust me. Like you're going to see things. They're not there. You cannot trust your eyes and ears. Trust me. And this guy like doesn't respond to her and she there's this other lady that's also one of the military people and she start her name's diaz and she starts screaming at her to shut the fuck up and stop trying to freak them out they um they heard that she's a weird freak and like she's not gonna freak them out so shut the fuck up and so she looks back and she realizes the guy that she's talking to his entire head is basically like flesh and shrapnel and he's not there so like 
Oh, and she was like using the name like McDonald. And I guess like Diaz's old partner was McDonald. And so he was there as a ghost for Diaz. Okay, so she's just seeing actual ghosts. Yeah. She's seeing actual she's ghosts. She's fully seeing ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Diaz is freaked out. And she's like, shut the fuck up, weirdo. We heard about your ass. You're yeah, not going to yeah. scare me. And meanwhile, she just thought she was talking to some guy. Yeah. Because um, this is Ripley and aliens at this point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So then basically they like lock her in a room for the whole trip out to the Aurora. Makes sense. They lock her. I still don't know why she's there. <laughs> Listen, they just lock her in a room and they're like, you're you're just going to sit here. We'll give you three meals a day. And you're not allowed out. Okay? Take your pills. Nobody trusts you. Exactly. So. Don't worry. No one will check the Capri pouch. They pull up to the, they finally get to it. We arrive at the Aurora. Round three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. This is the third time she's going onto the ship. Um. And everybody gets in their suits. They got better suits kind of this time, but yeah. still like bulky, but a little bit better this time. Um, so they head on the ship. Again, no lights are on. It's dark as hell. But they all have their little flashlights on the top of their head, the little headlamps. And super gross, decomposing bodies everywhere, right? Because, again, they turned off all of the things, and so all the bodies fell, and then they've just been rotting for yeah, two so months. It's, so it's just goo everywhere. Goo, grossness horrors abound um while they're walking through claire actually spots three bodies under white sheets which is like suspicious because all the other bodies are just kind of like broken apart and weird and then there's like three lined up bodies parallel to each other with like sheets on them and so she walks over to them and that is lords voler and nisus okay she immediately is upset um, she's crying. She's really upset. And, and the diaz lady is like what did you think was going to happen like they were gonna be live what are you fucking crazy um but she's like, where's Kane? Where's Kane? Why is, where's Kane? This is three people. There's still one more. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll find him. Don't worry. Like, you know, he's, his body's somewhere. So they keep walking through the ship and immediately like the military people are like seeing things out of the corner of their eyes, a little bit of movement, a little jumpiness, like everybody's a little weird and they don't know if it's, you know, the mass of dead bodies or if something weird's happening. Um, so as they're walking through the hall, uh, like down one of the corridors, uh, Claire sees a towel that's sticking out from under the door, kind of like you would like jam a towel if there was a fire. And so, but it's like coming from the inside. And she's like, that's weird. That wasn't like that when I left, right? Yeah. So she goes to open the door and it's a push door, right? So she's pushing the door open, which is weird, but she's pushing the door open and she realizes she can't get the door open. There's something up against the door. So she's like elbowing this or shouldering this door in. And she somewhat gets it open. And when she does, she realizes there's mattresses standing up, lined up against the wall-to-wall in the room. Just mattresses. Like, somebody went in and put every mattress in this floor in this room. And so she, like, kind of sandwiches herself through. And she's, like, wiggling through, like, the fuck's going on? There's, like, enough room to move, but it's still a lot of mattresses. And in the middle of the mattress pile, like, the princess and the pea, is a pale, sickly, starving uh, half mad Kane, who's just in fetal position muttering to himself and he doesn't recognize her at first he actually thinks she's a ghost at first okay and he's like get the fuck out of here this is why i have these mattresses y'all and you know she's she's like oh my god i'm so glad you're safe blah, blah. and like he's not talking to her he's like looking off and like talking to someone that's not there and be like no she maybe she's real maybe she's not lying this time maybe maybe it's really her and then like he turns and looks the other direction he's like no i don't think she would lie to us and like so he's having conversations with other things in the room okay but like 
not acknowledging her. Yeah, like that scene in uh, in the hurricane when uh, Denzel Washington he yep. played the boxer of the hurricane mm-hmm. and they had him in solitary confinement. Yep, and there's, he's having whole conversations. And then Disney redid it in Pirates of the Caribbean too mm-hmm. with Johnny Depp. Boo. Yep. So um, when okay, so Reed is with her. Like right? they've been walking together with Claire and Diaz and Reed. Um, and Reed is just like the the whole time because again you got to remember Reed is a little office baby yeah. who's a nepo baby at that and so he's walking around looking at all of this and he's like this is disgusting. Do you know who I picture Reed as? Who? Um, okay, remember the show Bones? Yes. Okay, the guy who was like the little psychiatrist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's like a tall, skinny guy. He looks kind of like Tom Hanks' son, Chet. No, no, no. Not the other the, one. Uh, the good one? Yeah, the good, the good <laughs> one. Um, let me pull Okay. I don't know where's my phone. You keep talking. I'll so um, here's the thing. So Reed and Diaz are with Claire when they find Kane. And they're all like kind of in the little room together. Because again, there's a little bit of room, but again, full of mattresses. And Diaz becomes immediately frustrated with the situation. Because again, got this uh, crazy guy sitting here muttering to himself. And, you know, she's like freaked out. So she calls back to the ship to let them know they found a lone survivor. So like she hits her calm and she's like, lone survivor, blah, blah. And basically we see that she goes, absolutely. Yes, Sarge. Yes, Sarge. Immediately. Yes. And then in that moment, she walks out of the room, closes the door and uses like a foam hyper sealant lock to seal the door and lock the three of the three of them in there together. Okay, so Kane, uh, Kane, Kane Claire, Claire, and Reed have now been sealed into the mattress room. Okay, by uh, Diaz. So um, Reed was—I picture this guy. Yes, he played. It was Lance Sweets. Lance Sweets on Bones. No, played I, by John Francis Daly. I no, I this just guy's way like, meaner. No, I know, I know, but I'm, but I'm saying just like who what I, who I would have play him. Yeah, like that type though, where he's like, I'm a skinny little like I'm a future executive type of feel. Yeah, you know. I don't know. I have to think about who I picture him as, but it's okay. definitely scummy. Yeah. Um, like corporate scummy, the worst kind of scummy. Yeah, but I'm saying this guy can play corporate scummy. I've seen Real him play. Real estate agent scummy. So. Okay, so they're they sealed get, into they the room. They get sealed into this room. And Reed is immediately like, what the fuck's going on? Let me out. Blah, blah, And Claire is like, Claire kind of has this moment of like realization where she's like, oh, I see. This is a setup. I see what the fuck's going on, right? And meanwhile, Reed's over here panicking. Kane's on the floor muttering to himself. Um, Claire hits, like, the buttons on her helmet, and she gets through to Max, and she demands an explanation. She's like, what the fuck is going on? Um, Blah, blah. And Max, hold on, I have to open my book. Max goes into the full evil villain monologue, which I love. Okay. Um, He says, no one was ever supposed to find the ship Claire you did this. This was not supposed to be this dramatic. And then this is, uh, it says, he, <laughs> it was never supposed to be this dramatic. He gives a soft laugh. We just wanted to make a high-profile guest a little uncomfortable. Our scientists found that intense vibrations at a specific sub-audible decibel level when generated in a closed environment caused headaches, paranoia, 
unaccountable dread, depression, visual hallucinations, and in maybe 2% of the population, generally those were all already experienced with mental instability. So, so then <laughs> what we find out after this little explanation uh-huh. is that Verix found this machine that they put onto the City Futures Voyager ship because they wanted this ship to fail. Because again, City Futures was the original oh. company and Verix wanted to overtake their company and they wanted this incredible cruiser to fail. So they put this machine on the ship that would vibrate at a really high frequency, causing everybody to be slightly uncomfortable. And so they wanted to make it so that all of the richest, wealthiest, and most important people in this specific situation would be slightly uncomfortable for the duration. So when they came back, they'd be like, well, we're never going on that cruise again. One star review. But what happened was... They created a murder noise. Because the noise was exasperated because that engine failure thing, Uh the sub buffer thing was overextended. It made the vibration just too much that it caused extreme paranoia and intense hallucination. So people went legitimately crazy. Oh, and then Varix turned the ship and sent it out past the line. Yeah. And then that went past the line. They're like, cool. Well, no one will just tell everybody never to go that way. Yeah. We'll never let our people go past that line. Yeah, and then they no built one will ever line. find it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They could have just blown it up, though. So then I think then it's kind of implied that, remember the first officer who shot himself before he, like, the captain killed him or she, the ca- whatever, whoever killed the captain. Yeah. Um, he was wearing earplugs. Yeah. So it's implied that he was a plant from Varix. And he actually, because he knew that it was the the vibrations, that's why he put earplugs in. And maybe the lady who put the things in her ears? She, too? I think she figured it out on her own. That okay. lady, I think she knew something. Well, she did the blindfold, too. So yeah. she's like, something's doing it. I don't so, know what it is. I don't like seeing her feel. This is either. I just thought of the worst joke. I was just, I just thought she really was like, I'm going to Helen Keller this situation. I thought her reaction was more. <laughs> oh, she's no. like, I'm into old movies. This is either. <laughs> this is either the Kingsman or Bird Box. And I don't know which one. <laughs> I got to figure it out. So. Um. The, basically, what we find out is that Max comes up with a plan, and that is they're going to blame Claire. They're going to say Claire's PTSD caused this. You know, they had already had to admit to the media that she found the ship when she showed up at that station in the little pod. So everybody knows that she found the Aurora. So um, they're like, what we're going to do is we're going to say that, you know, she's off her meds because they're like, we knew you stopped taking your meds, idiot. Oh, okay. And so they're like, she's a plant. And they're going to blow up this fucking ship with her on it and say she blew it up because of PTSD and because she felt so much guilt for killing her crew or whatever. That's why they're trying to get confession out of her. I just want to say called it. Okay. And then um, what else am I thinking? Oh, also Max, the whole thing is that like Max and the, the mercenary team they're trying to get that machine. They're like going into the thing and they're like going to uninstall it because they want it to use as a military weapon. Because they're like, bet, now that we can see that this can destroy people and cause this intense amount of chaos, we're obviously going to repackage it and sell it for military use. Yeah. Meanwhile, Claire is also still seeing ghosts. 
Yeah, but she's been seeing ghosts forever. No, I know, but I'm <laughs> saying, though, like, like to the extreme, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Claire's totally out of it. Um, so immediately everybody panics that's stuck in the room together, except for kind of Kane, because he's been stuck in the room for a while. Yeah. Well, he's Kane, fine. you know what Kane is at this point? What? Uh, from your last book. Mm-hmm. He's the guy with the guts hanging out of him. Yeah. Just like, uh-huh. I've gone completely loony. Yeah. He's like, the trees oh, are doing did this. You, did you see the boat go by? Ignore the horse's teeth. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what are you of, saying, dude? Oh, no. Oh, man. So. I've been eating my own hair. What happens is they're locked in the room. But Claire, again, she's like a MacGyver. She's been doing this a while. She's like, listen, they sealed up the lock and the door. But we could just maybe knock out the hinges and open the door the other fucking way. Right? Like, we yeah. could try. So she has like a normal screwdriver, not a plasma screwdriver. Yeah. And she's trying to knock out the door and get through there. And she is able to like crack the door open a bit. But I guess like the way that the bonding material made it, they could only get it open like enough that their bodies could get out. And that meant that they actually had to take their helmets off, which is fine because they turn the oxygen on, but it makes them more susceptible to these vibrations. And then they go crazy. Crazy. So they're like, all right, bet. Like we got to survive. So she's like, I need to go... We need to get back to the ship where Max is, whether that means we're going to have to sneak back on there and not tell them we're on there. Like, we'll figure it out when we get there. And um, as soon as they get out of the room, Reed starts hallucinating. He's seeing his father. His father's disappointed in him. And Claire's like, your father's not here. He's like, no, I saw him and he's so disappointed in me. And she like punches, she doesn't punch him, she like slaps him and he like doesn't see him. She's like, see how he's not there anymore? And he's like, no, but it felt like he was there. And she's like, were you not listening? But the thing was, he wasn't listening because the comms was inside the helmet. So he didn't hear the whole yeah, it was like. direct to just Claire. To yeah. just Claire. He didn't hear the whole thing. But also the Max guy did tell her that the reason he locked Reed in there is to make the proof more sound. Like, yeah. listen, we lost one of our guys, you know? Yeah. One of our good guys. A son of a CEO died on air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A horrible yeah. loss. No, listen. But also, this guy, Reed, was coming for Max's job. So he was like two birds, one stone. Bet. You know what's funny? What? The whole time, I was picturing uh, Max, the old guy, Jeff Bridges. Okay. Like, really old Jeff Bridges, though? Yeah. No, this is what we got to do. And, like, <laughs> I did just picture, but it's like... You know, the whole time he's been nice and genial, and then he's like, no, you weren't supposed to find that. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you have to do that, Claire? Like, that's how I'm picturing that's it. That's very that. Yeah. Um. So as they're going through the ship, Claire is seeing a hellscape. Okay. Inc- like, so many reenactments of people's death, murders, abuse. Like, it's horror the whole way that and she's it's being described through. in the book. It's being described in the book. And Reed is going, getting more and more paranoid. He's like, you just want to do that. Like, you just want all the glory. She's like, what fucking glory? I just want to get the fuck out of here, yeah. dude. Like, Go get this office job I've always dreamed of. <laughs> I love this office job. Please put me in a cubicle. And so they actually get into like in a crazy fight because he believes that she's trying to attack him or he's going to she's going to kill him. So he attacks her from behind and Claire holding the screwdriver gets him right in the eyeball, pops that fucker right out, dude. Okay. But uh, Reed doesn't give up. He's still going to like kind of like hobble after her for the rest of this storyline. Okay. So like he's like Jason, like he's walking really slowly compared to her and um, Kane who are like trying to like really go through the place. Yeah. Um, And of course they're like hitting her. There's bodies on the floor. There are ghosts like coming up to them. It's like a whole thing. But like they're really trying to make pace to get off of there before they Max blows up this ship. But Reed somehow is slow and looming. But, like, keeps kind of catching up to them, yelling at them that he's going to kill Claire. Not Kane. He has nothing against Kane. 
Um, also, in the background, while they're moving, they could hear lots and lots of screaming and gunfire. So, like, every time, like, they're moving through a corridor, they could hear the Pinkerton people freaking out and shooting and, like, yelling and, like... So they can hear it happening all around them. But meanwhile, Max never told anyone, like, wear earplugs. No, he never said it. <laughs> no, I know. That's the yeah. part that's fucking crazy. You He's really like, should have just been like, hey, guys. Hey, guys, noise-canceling headphones for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But no. Um, okay. Then, well, I also think, I don't remember if this was implied, but, like, he wants a lot of them to die, too, so that it becomes, you know, a massacre. Also, there's less witnesses. He only needs one person with the machine to make it off, technically. Yeah, he himself. Yeah. So, and then he gets a fat bonus. They make it to the docking bay where um, the their ship is, where they came in with Max. But also on the docking bay like area is still the Lena, the original little salvage ship. Okay. She's still there. Yeah. She doesn't work, but she is there. Yeah. Um, and so Claire and Kana, you know, they're kind of getting up in there and... Claire puts Kane into Lena. Like, he, she tethers him. Because, again, he is really crippled. He's hearing voices. He's out of his mind. His body is weak. So she's really, like, putting him into this ship. Yeah. And then trying to hook up her own harness to get herself loaded up onto it as well. And then, who the fuck shows up, just like you called it, Max, to get the machine himself, Rambo style. So he just, like, kind of shows up. He's got guns. He's all, like, fucking militaried out. And he's just like, you know, he wants, he's like, how the fuck did you make it back here? You've always been a tough little cockroach kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, They get into like a verbal fight and that's when Reed comes running out of nowhere again. Cause again, Reed's just been in the background. Yeah. And like, there's been a lot of story where they're like trying to get back to the ships and like issues. But like, so he just comes out of nowhere and he's like, ah, and Max just fucking cuts him in half with like this, like, automatic gun just like and they're like cuts the dude in half and it's just really funny yeah. like, of how long their back and forth went of like all the bureaucracy arguments they had from the corporate level for like the whole book and then he just literally <laughs> cuts him in half and i was like all right that's pretty funny honestly um so basically max and claire are going through like she's like you are part of this soulless machine. Like, don't you understand that, like, this is what Varix keeps doing? They keep killing hundreds of people, and then they just keep moving on for profit, and you're just part of it. You don't ever want to stop it. And he's like, you can't stop a machine like this. She's like, you're going to hurt more people with this machine. And he's like, this is my job, and I do my job well. Blah, blah. And so she... Real boomer energy. Real boomer shit. Real boomer shit. So Claire ends up... She has a gun, too, because where did she get a gun? She got a gun from Diaz because Diaz actually killed herself and they witnessed it. And she took Diaz's gun off her body. Okay, so she has a gun and she's pointing at Max all the time, but she's like shaky, like she's not a gun gal. Yeah. And so he he knows that and he's like inching closer and closer to her. So she's like, I don't think I can shoot him, but she shoots the airlock like there's some type of huge like pipe thing yeah so she shoots the airlock which kind of starts crumbling the whole area that they're in like things start falling off the roof and max flies right out in the space goodbye she's tethered to lena believable 
Hmm. She's tethered. And smart. Tethered to Lena. So she gets a little, but she's like, like she pulls back. Yeah. So she. Which is foreshadowing. See, she wanted, before she wanted to get sucked out into space mm -hmm. and just slowly die and freeze to death. And now she's like, no, I want to live. I want to live. So with my ghosts, <laughs> my ghost friend. So she eventually gets back into the Lena. It's a whole thing. Cause like she's running out of oxygen. The air things open. Uh, Kane is like not oh, there. Like, yeah. Um, mentally. Um, yeah. So she's like, you got to open the door. And he's just like, la la la. And like, you can't even mad at him. He's been through a lot. Yeah. And he's also <laughs> said before, like, you're clearly a hallucination. <laughs> I've been hallucinating you for two months. Yeah. So he's like, I'm not opening the door. You're not allowed near me. Yeah. So This is how it started. That other crazy guy with the plasma to torch. He yelled and opened the door. They're knocking. Yeah. So then they both get in the Lena. They get a little bit away from the thing. The Aurora blows up because the explosives are on there. Yeah. And um, as they're floating off into space, they realize that... <sighs> I think they don't realize. They, they start coming to terms with the fact that they have no food. They have no... The ship barely works yeah. because they had taken parts onto the Aurora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're both kind of just contemplating their demise. And they're not, like, upset about it. They're just like, well, we had a good run. Yeah. <sighs> okay. And so, like, they're going through that. And then as they're, like, having this discussion, Claire's looking around the ship and she realizes, uh, like, kind of on one of the, like, little table services, there's the beacon that Voller had pulled off the Aurora. He had pulled it off so that the pirates wouldn't come. And she's like, fuck, will that thing turn on? And sure as shit, she turns it on and it works. So now they have a beacon and they are inevitably rescued. And that's, that's where the book ends. Who rescues them? Uh, they get, they just get found by another ship and then they get pulled on. Oh, okay. And then the end of the book has like a little, you know, after like a couple of years later and they're doing well. And everything's okay. fine. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I'm actually okay with this one. Yeah. You know, usually I'm like, nah, they should have died. But this one, <laughs> no, this one's fine. Because here's the thing. They Scooby-Dooed it. Mm-hmm. With the exception of the fact she's still seeing ghosts. Yeah, yeah. We're never going to deal with the fact that she's still seeing ghosts. Yeah, she's haunted by uh, the ghost of her childhood forever. And yeah. that's, you no, know, no, no, that's no. fine. She, she's, got, she's got extreme PTSD, but that somehow actually lets her see ghosts from people's past. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. But... That being said, I do I do like that they Scooby Dooed it because yeah. I was like, it's either going to be a, a kill noise like Kingsman, yep, or it's going to be a virus. Mm -hmm. It's got to be something that's making people go crazy, yep. Because I'm like, they wouldn't just just go ahead and write Event Horizon, yeah. You know that whole thing with the black hole and everything from that that movie. Um, so yeah, I liked it. So you like the book? It's very believable. I love this book. It was so fun to read. Yeah. And again, I cannot stress this enough. Even though I just ruined the entire plot of the book, you should really go rent this from your local library mm -hmm. and read it because it is really fun. And it's a thick book, too. You have the yeah. hardback in front of me. It's it's yeah. not a small book. It's a decent-sized book. And I read it really quickly because I like I could not stop reading it. Yeah. It was very fun. Well, that's pretty cool. I actually I enjoyed this one. Yeah. It's still not my favorite. This isn't... I thought this would definitely be your favorite. No. We were in space. Yeah. There was corporate greed and capitalism at the root of the problem. Yeah. It's still a good story. I'm not saying it's not a good story. You still I... think Blood Train's better than this? Blood Train had more imagination. Okay. I all I, I did left some things out before time. I had to fit this book. It, it took days to read. 
We only have two hours. I, there was a lot of imagination in this book. A lot of imagination? Yeah. Well, then why do you leave it out? Because we only have two hours. <laughs> you still got 13 minutes. I can't fit all the imagination in 13 minutes. Wow. Okay, is it better than The Mermaids? Yes. Okay. It's better than The Mermaids because their motivations make sense. <laughs> like, everyone's motivation, even when they're shitty, it, like, it makes sense. Yeah. Right? And you said it. Well, well Sorry. S.A. Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, that sounds crazy. It's like I'm like, S.A. Barnes. No, S. period A. period Barnes. Yeah. Um, did a good job of actually like making sure like, hey, when people are doing something, it makes sense. Yeah. Like sometimes when, you, when you're some of the stories you'll read me where I'm just like, why would. The, OK, clearly the rules are out the window now. Like this is stupid. Like this is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm still upset about them like hey, let's get off the boat we know that works and get on the giant boat that we don't know that works. But that's, you know, that's just like stupid corporate stuff. And especially if you're greedy and you don't want to give up the giant, like if you look at that thing, it's like a giant treasure treasure chest yeah. that you could ride back to Earth and that makes sense. Yeah. Let's see. S.A. Barnes, I'm reading the insert of the book. It says, S.A. Barnes works in a high school library by day, recommending reads, talking with the students, and removing the occasional forgotten cheese stick as a bookmark. Barnes has published numerous novels across different genres under her pen name, Stacy Cade. She lives in Illinois with more dogs and books than is advisable and a very patient husband. Well, that's nice. That's nice. She's a librarian. That's great. So anyway, I love this book, 10 out of 10. It was very entertaining, and I got really excited to tell you about it. I'll give, her, I'll give it a 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. Yeah. All right, I got to keep trying. Well, you're never going to find the perfect book. Yes, I am. You're never going to find and describe the perfect book to me. I am absolutely going to read and then yell the perfect book at you. Okay. All right. So, so far, let's let's go down all the places we've been. Okay. We've been to uh, Vampire England. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We've been to uh, Underwater. Yep. Underwater. Uh, we've What's been... it called? Something's Deep? Yeah. Whatever that, that the mermaid book. The, well, it's like, it's a real place. The deepest part of the ocean. Oh, the Marianas Trench. Marianas Trench. Okay, so we've been to Vampire World, we've been to Underwater, we've been to the woods, mm-hmm. and we've been to Narnia. Yep, yep, Narnia. And now we've been to space. Where are we going to go next in our imaginations? I don't know. I got to call Wishbone, ask him for the next read. Oh, I love Wishbone. Me too. That was a great, that was a great show. <laughs> yeah, it's the best show. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you everybody for listening, and check out uh, my Instagram at Mrs. Pearlmania 500 for the next book I'll be reading. <laughs> I don't know what it is yet. Um, and again, as always, please support your local library and we really appreciate you listening to our podcast and supporting our Patreon. Um, you're all great. Thanks. Okay. That's a good way to wrap it up. Thanks. And, uh, for everybody else out there, the, uh, obviously this is a Mrs. Pearlmania's book club. Yeah. We drop it on a random Wednesday, you know, every couple weeks, whenever she finishes a book, mm-hmm. regular shows are on Sunday, like always, uh, beyond that. Listen, have a good week, y'all. Let's, yeah. We're going to need it. <laughs> mom deserves better than a drugstore card this mother's day surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. add your favorite photos a heartfelt message and we'll even mail it for you the same day all for just five dollars from mom to grandma we have something to celebrate every mom in your life Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com.
MoonPig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.